Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone. Meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Love it when my old friends spend a Mississippi Minute with me, and today she certainly is that. She got started very young and discovered major success just like that. From releases like her number one, Who I Am record, she showed the world she was one of the greatest singers to ever hit the airwaves. I'm telling you, I'm serious. Looking forward to getting to know her even better. Please say hey, hey, hey. And welcome in to the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios, the wonderfully talented Jessica Andrews. That was sweet. Wow. What an intro. Well, there you go. Uh, Jessica, yeah. I want to grow. talk about growing up in Arkansas. You weren't there long before you moved to Nashville. And as a kid, you went through a difficult time. When I was, I guess I was, I don't remember it because I, I was under two. Uh, I had life-threatening surgery. Uh, I've got the scars to, to, to prove it, and I guess it was a touch-and-go. I think I was gone for a little while. Uh, oh, my God. So, uh, but obviously, you were seven, and uh, you went Steve, through some. You, you can remember it where I can't. So take me back to that time and, and the stress of your family, and what, what was going on with your health? Okay. Well, first of all, I don't think I knew that about you, so we're going to have to – you have yeah. to tell me about that at some yeah. point, yeah. Uh, what that was. That's crazy. Um, I, yeah, I was seven years old, um, and, uh, I guess, um, it was a surgery that, that happened pretty fast after my mom had kind of been watching this little spot on my back, and she took me to my pediatrician, who was actually out on vacation, and so we saw the doctor who was on call, um, and he saw this spot and said, you know what, this looks like a spot that's like an underlining spinal cord problem. So they sent me straight to Memphis, actually, um, to get uh, a- another opinion from a-, a doctor. And they scheduled surgery immediately because what it was was um, because I was only seven years old, I was going through a, a growth spurt. Um, and uh, they discovered I had a bone grown through my spinal cord. Oh, and if man. you didn't if you didn't get a surgery and operate and remove that bone, it would cause me to be paralyzed. So oh, wow. oh, um, I, I actually had a 50-50 chance either way. Either if, if we left it untreated, I probably would have been paralyzed. And then having the surgery, um, we didn't know if I was going to walk 
or not when oh, I woke up from man. surgery because they have to operate right on the spinal cord. So I think I was like the fourth person in the entire country who'd ever had that kind of surgery done, and they, they videoed it, and they would actually teach it, you know. And, um, I mean, all these surgeons all over the world witnessed it because it's just so rare and uncommon and it was so risky. And um, I've often, like, thought about trying to find that tape because uh, I'd love to see it. But, hmm. um, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like when you're a child yourself, you know, um, my parents did a really good job of shielding me from, you know, the real, true, like, uh, what that could what that could have potentially been for me. Um, right. I didn't, I didn't know any of that at the time, but I'm sure for them that it was just horrific, you know, not knowing whether or not I was going to be able right. to walk when I woke up. So, um, but you know what, all of the doctors at Le Bonner Children's Hospital in Memphis, um, they were wonderful. My doctor was great. And thank God it was a success. And then after that, um, after the surgery, you know, I healed up and that was kind of a slow, long process. But then I found out I had scoliosis too, and then had to wear a back brace for like five years. (laughs) Unbelievable. You're kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me that I had like all of this crazy stuff going on with my back and I, but I never experienced any pain, any discomfort, Hmm. nothing. So I was lucky with that. Do you think, did they ever say one had something to do with the other? No, it was completely unrelated. Scoliosis had nothing to do with the bone going through the spinal cord. It was It's bizarre. It really is. Wow. If your doctor's out there listening, I apologize. I just had to ask that question. <laughs> but Because you never know. But, uh, you know. Yeah, his name's Michael, his name's Michael Mulbauer, actually. A shout out to him. He was. He was a, 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 an amazing person. You know, my sister was... Uh, had a, a situation where she was really sick and St. Jude diagnosed it, but Labana was the ones that treated her and they were incredible. Really? Yeah. There was a thyroid issue. They figured it out. And uh, I think my parents probably, I think when you have five kids, you're going to go through enough of uh, trials. And even with one child, you're going to go through a trial, but, but uh, oh, the yeah. chances of you getting out unscathed are, are, you know, are difficult. They're probably very oh, slim yeah. and, and you're just going to, you know, as a parent, as, as you are now, you just you you fear for all this stuff. And you just got to pray and keep your, you know, and just have faith and just uh, and know you're mm. on this road. But man, you you never love anything more than your children. That's for sure. It's insane. Um. Yeah. 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 I I've always been. I've always heard that, and and people would always tell me like, you know what, you you just you're not going to know until you experience it yourself. And I was like, you know what, yep, that's probably true. Back back before I had my son, I I used to question whether or not I was going to be able to even love a human as much as I loved my dog. Right. I was like, <laughs> I loved my dog so much that that was my child. But then it's just so very true when they tell you, you have to just experience it for yourself because yeah. it's, 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 I, Marcel, my, as you know, Marcel, my husband, he, I, we always talk about, it's almost painful, you know, this whole journey. It's so intense and you love so hard mm-hmm. that it's, that it's painful. <laughs> yeah, it it's is wonderful too, but it's just painful because you just feel so much deeper and harder than you really thought you could. Oh yeah, and wait, wait until like the sports. I know Marcel was a great hockey player growing up, and uh, before he became mm-hmm. a hit songwriter and artist and all that. But but I do know, and a woodmaker by the way, one of my my most treasured pieces for all you guys. But when we when we left Nashville, Marcel showed up. And Jessica, he, he he's an incredible. Uh, he working with wood. He's as good as it gets. This mirror that that graces 
our, our dining room. It's just been sitting there. It's just the most beautiful piece, and it means the world. Every time I walk by it, I, I think oh, of you guys. So it's, it's I love uh, that. It will never, it will never well, he, leave me. You know, he loves to do that for people that are special to him. He likes for people to have something that he made. You know, and yeah. uh, it, it means something. It's incredible, incredible work. We're talking to Jessica Andrews and her husband, Marcel, who's also going to be on with us uh, this week. So I'm excited about getting the the pair together. I actually had uh, at one call, uh, David and Karen Conrad uh, are going to be aired as well and i had them together on the phone great publishers you know and you know them and i just oh, yes. i had the best time talking to them so it ended up being oh. two shows worth because it, there was so much to go over but but that's oh, another that, story but it was so much fun but we're talking to jessica andrews jessica uh i do have to say that my you know our cecilia who you knew very well uh when we yes. were in nashville she's a freshman at uh arkansas now following her mama's uh, oh footsteps oh my god but she wow, was seven so she was seven and she had this uh it's a blood disease in gwen's family called spherocytosis and uh of all the things her best friends at arkansas has it as well and it's crazy because really? they were just talking. It's a very rare thing, and it's it's fixable. But we battle the doctors uh, in Nashville for years because she was jaundiced. She'd get sick all the time because of it. And when she did, her eyes would go yellow, and she just couldn't fight off infections and all this. And, and Gwen's mom, who was the one that had it, and Gwen and her siblings all had it. They, mm, uh, really? there was easy. You go at two years old, you remove the spleen, everything's fine. That's, that's the deal. Really? Well, wow. So the doctor wouldn't listen to Gwen's mom. And then she was going, you've got to, uh, you got to operate on the spleen or you're going to have gallbladder issues. And then this, and that. So I'll be dog. He wouldn't do it. We fought, we fought. We thought that he was a, you know, a cutting edge doctor. He knew more than we did. And all of a sudden, um, uh, and, and also the spleen, you couldn't tell through ultrasounds and through feeling. He goes, the spleen is fine. Ultrasound says it. One of the key things with their family was that the spleen was always a double or it was way bigger and you, it never showed up. You couldn't touch and really? feel or you couldn't ultrasound it. It wouldn't show up what it really was. So finally, we 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 went and got another opinion and we had her operated on and it was a seven hour surgery. So the the the. She was seven and was supposed to oh be a two-hour surgery, and we didn't know what was going on. And the doctor comes out. He was exhausted. And he said the spleen oh was a triple spleen, and it was wrapped all around a rib cage. And, oh, uh, my God. But the reason we got to operate, because the do- she ended up having gallstones. So she had to have her gallbladder removed. And long wow. story short, uh, it's one of those times where you wanted to whip up on a doctor. Uh, and so... Oh, Gosh, uh, yeah, but that was that's so frustrating. Yeah, I know, and I know we've gone off on a, a tangent, but our babies are, are so important to us. Oh, my God, yeah, I, I can't imagine. That's um, and, how, and she was seven? Seven, exact same age, and she's a rock star just like you. And we're going to take a break now, and we're going to get to digging about how the heck you were so young and had so much success. <laughs> it's very rare in our business. It's only happened with Tanya Tucker and, and Leanne Rhymes and you. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you're in a rare group, and I want to, we'll dig into it. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful okay. Studios. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with the great Jessica Andrews. We'll be right back. In my mind, in my mind. In a 
Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios because that's how we roll. I'm with the great Jessica Andrews. Okay, let's take the journey. I know Byron Gallimore was a big part of your life and DreamWorks, but take me back to the beginning. When did you find out you, you your voice was something that was special? Um, give me, was it like talent shows? You're, you, you're a little mm. kid at this time, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny looking back on it now. I mean, yeah, I was I just turned 10 years old, and I entered my fourth grade school talent show, and I wanted to dance. I didn't, that was kind of my thing. I wanted to dance, but my sister was the one that kind of went off to my mom and dad behind my back and said, hey, you know, I've been listening to Jessica, like, sing around the house, and you might want to hear her, (laughs) you know, like. This, you know, you need to hear this because I was just shy. I didn't really like, you know, get out. Like I wasn't like out and about with my singing that much. But so I sang, and my mom and dad both were like, "Uh, no, you're not dancing. You're gonna sing," which is funny. They actually like, like said, "No, you're not dancing. You're singing." Um, wow. and uh, I was like, "Okay, all right, sure." I was scared to death, um, petrified. Uh, but that was kind of like the kickoff. Um. And what, you know, I won the talent show, but I will say that, like, I was around music growing up my whole life. Like, my mom sang in bands uh, up until she was nine months pregnant with me, and then all throughout my childhood. So I was around all of that. And so I think my mom and dad just was, they saw something like, you know, what any parent would do. Like, I'm a parent myself. I would probably do the same thing. Right, right. You kind of have to nudge your kids in the direction sometimes that they may not see, but later on so thank you, <laughs> you I know? have two questions two questions one is what did you sing and two is how did they not notice were they both out working and they just and, and didn't hear you singing or, or or some sort of singing in the house well what it was first of all it was uh the song was uh i will always love you whitney houston yeah and it was because is that, that dolly parton that you time, mean i'm interrupting is that dolly parton you mean he, for? Uh, Dolly, the Dolly Parton song, yes, okay. absolutely, her song, but it was the Whitney Houston version because right at that time, uh, the Bodyguard movie was like the biggest movie ever, and the soundtrack had just come out. Um, right, right, right. But that was that that album, that soundtrack, and that movie because it was just such a huge success at that time, and everyone was obsessed with the soundtrack and the songs from it that one that one was kind of the song that kind of kick-started everything for me like i won my school talent show and then i always would sing that song in all the talent shows after that and and i had good luck with it (laughs) it worked for me you know i was similar stuff um i I was a little shy and i'm going to tell the truth here so i was so shy with singing like to you though, does it feel like does that feel like a different like life ago, or does it feel like it was yesterday? Did you just reverse the show? Are you asking me questions? <laughs> I, can you, I don't know so if you can do that. that Steve. I don't know if you can I'm do that. I'm such a but. curious. I'm such a curious person by nature. Like I love to hear everyone's stories. Like well, it's funny. Yeah. Well, this is about you, that. but the answer is, <laughs> you, I do. It does seem like um, because of the 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 time on the road, that seemed like another whole time. So. 
my guy was, you know, the person that took interest in me was in New York. It wasn't Nashville. It was Ahmed Erdogan. And, uh, and so I got the, he played me the song Walking in Memphis on a little cassette. And it was a work take, tape. And, and he said, I'm signing you or him. And who, who am I signing? And I said, well, I don't, I don't have that. I mean, it was like, it was mind-boggling. It was my, it was, that's when I said, I got to wow. become a better songwriter. So, um, and I thought he was brought huh. me in to sign me that time because it was the second time they brought me in. But they, he didn't know what I was. And so uh, he says, I don't know what genre you are. He goes, you're sort of like, uh, you got your own thing going, but I don't think you found even your thing. So he was right. So long story short, uh, that was sort of it. But yes, then Nashville seems like another lifetime. And then coming back home full circle, it's a, it's a, it's a cool thing because all of a sudden it's yeah. all about our kids, you know, and, and watching oh, yeah. them grow up and shine and and fight and struggle and whatever it is they're doing yeah. and you know so Greenville looks so different to me now because of watching oh, them yeah. grow up you know it's been cool I yeah so that's the oh, only I, I no more ya. questions no more questions that uh, geared at me I, okay. <laughs> everybody knows I'm about so me because about I, they're sick of hearing me on my show okay so so okay how the heck so how old are you when Nashville comes calling? And what did your your mom was a singer and still is, you know she's a great singer. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did you guys hook up with Byron Gallimore? Who, by the way, everybody McGraw. I mean, the list goes on. One of the greatest producers ever. So. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. Tim McGraw, Faith Hill. Um, so yeah. So I was about ten years old when I had um, you know done the talent show and and started from there. That just kick-started everything for for me and meaning like I you know started singing locally around town just anything and everything the typical story fairs festivals rodeos all the small town opportunities that I could do I did them um it just kind of ignited this fun journey for me I loved it um my mom of course was I think a little bit of her was probably living out her dream you know through me because she loved music she loved performing so she kind of got to see it through me um but it wasn't until a couple years later when I was 12. This <laughs> just sounds so funny now when I say 12, like that's a baby. Yeah, um, yeah. That uh, a friend of my parents who they would, they used to play music with them and they were in bands together. Uh, she uh, actually, or she was actually singing in my band at the time. I, I had actually formed a little band and we were performing a lot in my hometown she was singing with me, but she had told us that she grew up with uh, a guy named Byron Gallimore in West Tennessee. She's like, and he's a big time producer in Nashville now. So they grew up together and she decided that she wanted to try to reach out to him and, you know, talk to him about me. So she did. She tracked him down. She reached <laughs> out and said, hey, you know, I'm in this band. I sing back up for this 12 year old girl. That's um, she's Yeah, she's from West Tennessee, too. And, uh, you know, would you, I know you're having great success right now, but would you, would you be open to meeting her? And of course he, he did, he was up for it. Right at that time, I think he was probably really interested in meeting with me because that was the era of Leanne Rhymes. Like Leanne Rhymes had just burst onto the scene and right. became this, you know, phenomenon. So I think he was probably intrigued, like, okay, let's, Let's uh, let's see what this girl has. And so we went to Nashville, and I uh, I met with him, uh, my parents and I, and she came along with us, uh, the Kathy, the one who grew up with him. Um, and I sang a cappella for him right there in the office, and he he stopped me like mid 
chorus of the song I was singing, he stopped me, and he went and got everybody else in the office, and he wanted them to come in, and he's like, I, I got to go get everyone else. I want them <laughs> to hear this. I was scared to death. I thought, like, oh, my God, this is this is terrible. I've ruined it. But he stopped me because he wanted to go get everyone else to hear it. And so, yeah, he, he was like, you know what? I, I want to work with you. And uh, that was that was the beginning of our, our of our journey. Like we started working together. I mean, he really did like nurture and build and grow me as an artist. Like I knew I was like I was a baby. I knew nothing about nothing. So he uh, taught me. He and if he couldn't teach the things himself, he you know he outsourced. He got me with a vocal coach. He set me up with lots of different things. Like he really did. Um, treat it like he was, uh, you know, training me, morphing me into what I needed to be, you know, to help me get to where I needed to go. And so, and he was the one that kind of helped me secure my record deal uh, with DreamWorks. Um, he, he really did it all. Like he's, uh, he's single-handedly like the one that, that got the ball rolling for wow. everything for me. Yeah. And you know, now he's just, he's continued all these years later. I mean, he still works. He still produces all the Tim McGraw records and Sugarland and, uh, Brett Eldridge. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a killer, you know, he's, he's got longevity, man. (laughs) He's one of the nicest guys. I met him. I met him after, uh, my success started. And I just remember talking to him on the phone and I said, what a good guy. I mean, like, really, really good. I never said a word to him in 10 years or maybe 12 or 13 years. I don't even think I knew what he looked like. And so, uh, but anyway, you know, eventually our paths did cross. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's the nicest guy. You know, he is. Yeah, and and he uh, pivotal in your in your career. We're gonna dig further into it, but right now you get to play DJ. You know, we're the birthplace of American music. I know you grew up in West Tennessee, which is basically if it's Memphis, that's actually the capital of North Mississippi. It was a screwed up yeah. thing where they they just drew the wrong lines somewhere along the way. Oh. And so, would you like to hear? Uh, let me go, Bobby Gentry, or Faith mm. Hill, or Faith Hill. You get one choice. You know, I do love Faith Hill. She was also somebody who, like, really took me under her wing, and I toured with her when I was 15. She's amazing. I love, love, love Faith Hill. But it's funny you say Bobby Gentry. Bobby Gentry, um, Ode to Billy Joe is a song I did. I did a, a demo of it with Byron in those early, early days when we were working huh. together. So I want to hear I want to hear Bobby Gentry. There you go. We're in a Mississippi Minute. <laughs> and with Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios, Jessica Andrews doing it. We're going to be right back. That would call me bad And criticize my mama for turning me out No matter how little we had And though I ain't had to worry about nothing for now Fifteen years I can still hear the desperation In my poor mama's voice ringing in my ear Here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios because that's how we roll. I'm with the great Jessica Andrews. That's who I am. I just love that song. I'm Rosemary's granddaughter. The spitting, <laughs> spitting image 
right? Yeah, my the father, fitting image of my father. Mm-hmm. So good. All right, when you okay, I'm going to jump forward for a second because that was your second album, right? Yes, yes. I yeah, hate jumping forward like that, but I, I want to know when you heard that song. Uh, mm. Did you just go yes? You knew or no? Um, yeah, that was one of those songs. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the songwriter Hillary Lindsay, right? Well, I know. Did Brett write it with him? With her? Well, no. Hillary actually didn't write it. It was Brett James and Troy Burgess, but Hillary sang the demo. Oh, so, gotcha. Yes, Hillary, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, she just her voice, like every you know, any song that she sings, you know. Of, of course, when I heard the demo, um, it was one of those demos you could hear it and just be like, oh yeah, okay, no brainer. And everyone did like, like really, everyone just thought it was meant for me. Like it just sounded like a song I could have people all the time think I wrote it myself, you know, because it, it seems so personal, you know? Right, right. But, um, but you know, it's a funny story with that song is that uh, at the same time uh, that I had heard that song, apparently Martina McBride had also gotten a copy of it and heard it. And both of our teams, producers and label and whatever, were kind of, you know, in a little war for that song. I mean, like... Yeah. We were in the studio that day about to record it. And when Joe Galanti, who at the time was the president <laughs> of RCA, Martinez label, called us in the studio, called Byron up and said, hey, are you tracking that song right now? Because if you're not, we are. <laughs> and so we were like, um, no, we are. We're doing it right now. And so um, it's just funny because I all along, of course, I'm sure Martina heard it and thought it was a hit, too. But for me, I was like. Martina was already a mom, you know. I thought that song seemed more young, and so you know, somebody who was more like my. It was more age appropriate for me, so I was like, "This, this has to be my song," and, you know. Um, which is funny because I guess Brett James and Troy Burgess, the writers, they took a big chance on giving it. I'm sure they would have loved to have a, an established singer like Martina record it. I mean, she's had so many hits, and but they took a chance on an artist who didn't have any success and they well yeah they let you had had it. success though you were pretty much right it was bubbling because the first it album was. did really it was well bubbling I, you know yeah i get you it I, was it was bubbling there but who i am was definitely the one that kind of really like uh set everything on a different course for me um but Brett James and Troy Burgess let me, you know, they graciously said, you know what, Jessica, we feel like probably in our hearts, this is probably meant for you, you know, more so than Martina. So what they did is they actually, I think a year later or something, they wrote a song. They, they told Martina, we're going to write you your own Who I Am. And they did. They wrote her a song called Blessed, which ended up being wow. a huge hit for Martina. You know, I have been blessed yeah. with so much more than I deserve. So yeah, that was the song wow. they wrote for her. Um, to kind of say like, okay, we didn't give you who I am. Here's here's a song called Blessed. And I think that was like a number one for her too. I wonder if, if we put you against Martina... <laughs> What would happen? It'd be insane. I mean, it'd be so cool oh, because cause Mar- you are that great. I mean, oh, Jessica, the bottom line is that's that's how great you are. And well, well I mean, I you know, it's funny how those things work out. How how you know, a lot of this whole journey is a lot of like it's luck. It is talent. We all know that talent is is a huge portion of it, but also it's a lot of timing and luck. 
and everything kind of just happening at the right moment and um, a lot of pieces that kind of have to fall together, you know? So for our listeners out there, it's it's one thing being, and that's why you're not seeing a lot uh, or hardly any now, stars come from these TV shows because that's what they are, they're TV shows. And then you have to go trans, uh, you have to, it has to translate into records. I know. It, the, it's just so hard to make a transition. And then they get, they merge, and then all of a sudden the person that signs you is not there, or then whatever. Oh, and my God. And we've both gone through uh, this. What is what artists go through. Of, yeah. So the story of my career you. right there. Yeah. I mean, I watched totally. what you went through. I watched what you went through from DreamWorks to Universal. Yes. Uh, you know, you, know we, you went from a, a really great record guy. You know, my record oh, guy to me, to me was... Keith Stegall. That was my record guy. He was the mm-hmm. real deal. And the the guy that we both ended up with, we don't need to mention him, uh, was mm. was not a great guy, you know, and just <laughs> and and it was about other things and uh, uh and he was oh, successful totally. but uh didn't love him. You know what I mean? D- didn't mm. didn't like him actually. <laughs> uh, honestly, <laughs> Steve, yeah, I knew from the get go too when my when my label merged over to Universal and I was losing like well, I'll I'll say him by name, Scott Borchetta left DreamWorks to go start right. Big Machine. I knew right then and there, I'm like, oh, man, this is going, this is not good because I've lost my, my main, like, yeah, you know, somebody who's gotten me from day one. All right, we're talking to Jessica Andrews, and we're we're obviously, uh, there's uh, <laughs> something, some reminiscing of stuff maybe we shouldn't. Hey, okay, so all this, all this success and stuff, you talk about, could you, before we got on, we were talking about, we had a dog named Mr. Simon. He was a miniature dachshund I got in Greenville. I saw one day. I got him. I brought him to Gwen. Gwen had never had a dog in her life. And she was like, what, oh, do, wow. I, what do I do with it? You know? I said, you'll figure it out. I had a show that night. I come home. I'm looking for Mr. Simon. And, uh, and, and I go, where's Mr. Simon? And she pulls the covers over. And I said, uh-oh. You know, so he oh. slept with us sideways. He, you know, he wanted to make sure that he could take up as much space. But when we had our oh. first child, Strack, we... I was going, how am I going to love anything more than Mr. Simon? And so right. you've had, you, you, you have, y'all have a baby boy named Rockwell. It's your first child. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you've gone through the similar thing. You said the same thing. How am I going to love Rockwell more than our pup? Right? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. Honestly, yeah. Because uh, I had, we, Marcel got me uh, a black lab. Mm-hmm. Um, we went and picked her out on my 21st birthday. Um and we named her Lucy, and literally Steve, like she, she did become our child. Right. Um, and we just had ten and a half really amazing years with her. She was just a precious little dog. Um, and we lost her in 2015. Um, so that you know that was hard. That was terrible. Yeah. And of course, yeah. I always wondered. Like I, I always thought, like I think I'm just a dog person. I don't really know if I'm gonna like kids. You know, yeah. like. I liked kids. I had a niece and a nephew that I loved. But, you know, um, I was totally fine with just letting it happen when it happened. I was in, in no hurry to, like, get pregnant and have a baby. But, you know, Marcel and I, we got married in 2011. We got married on 11-11-11. Mm-hmm. And so, let's see, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So we were married about seven years. And, you know, we weren't really getting pregnant. And so we were thinking, I was, I started to bring it up to Marcel. I was thinking, you know what, like, hey, 
uh, let's give this another year. I know we're not like thinking about it, but let's give it another year. And if, you know, if nothing happens, maybe we might need to think about like if, if it's possible, you know, that you and I could have kids. Cause we knew we did want kids at some point, but, um, we just, you know, hadn't really given it serious thought. Mm-hmm. But then, honestly, out of nowhere, I swear, it just it's funny how things happen. Rockwell was a complete surprise. It happened, boom, out of nowhere. I, I mean, it was seven years into our marriage, but it it happened, and it just uh, wow. it completely uh, opened our eyes in a whole new way. Like, wow, it's just it's um it's scary, as you know, like because yeah. it makes you. I mean, you're just so much more like. Well, you worry about everything. T- yeah, you worry. About <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can when you talk to Marcel, he'll he'll probably elaborate a little bit more on that because yeah, the worrying part. I have to kind of I have to kind of um, balance him out a little bit when it comes to that because and you need to probably like give him some 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 tips there too because you've been doing it for a while now. But uh, you know he's he's a, he's a new dad to it to an almost two year old little boy. So you know he's got and, Marcel's hair, don't you? He he does. Oh, he I does. It. I love it when you send the picture. Yeah. I was going like, "Oh my gosh!" I said, "Gwen, come here and look totally. at this. Who is this?" And she goes, "Well, it looks it looks like sort of Marcel's hair." <laughs> I said, "It's Marcel. I know, it really Marcel does. and Jessica have a baby boy now. He's two. Is he two now? He'll be two in February. Yeah, he's a big kid. He looks. Yeah, big. he is. He's a little chunk. He's a little yeah. chunk, and he um. Uh, he's just, I mean, uh, he, he's just make, makes our, he's just, I, I mean, what every parent says, I mean, it's true. We're like, we're crazy about him. It's, it's kind of crazy. We love him to pieces. He's going to have two, you know, you think he's, about the talent that, you know, you, if you're, if you're like a thoroughbred, you have two, you know, thoroughbred, <laughs> you, you know, you, you have the union and you're guaranteed pretty much a thoroughbred. So I cannot wait to see I, the talent that this kid's going to have we, because husband and wife duo is pretty dang talented. We're in a Mississippi Minute. <laughs> and with Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios, Jessica Andrews doing it. We're going to be right back. Back in 1989, my wife and I newly married, and I was working on making my mark on the music business. We wanted to build a house. There was only one bank that helped us do that. And while we were trying to find our way around, our friends at Guarantee Bank started on the journey with us and have been there ever since. They were always my connection back home when we lived in Music City. They believed in me. So when you need a financial institution to believe in you, give my family at Guarantee Bank a chance. With humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. They are proud to be your local big-time bank. Please visit one of their 17 locations and tell them Steve Azar sent you. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. We're talking to Jessica Andrews. All right, Jessica, uh, we don't have a ton of time. Mississippi Minute goes by faster than we most of us know. Yeah, it does. Uh, but so what do you do? Are you working on a, a new record right now? What, what's going on? You know, I, I, to be completely honest with you right now, uh, the last uh, year and a half for me has been mama all the way, like mama, 
land. I mean, it's I have a whole new like out respect for for moms out there, uh, people who are doing this journey. Like I know mamas are momming every day with their kids, but holy crap, it is it is hard. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It has been eye opening for me, and I also just have this whole new outlook on especially women in our industry who are balancing this, man. Like, it's it's crazy. But I have, I will say that, like, I've never been more inspired to to do music than, like, my son has, like, made me want to, like, jump in head first again with right. my, because I want him to, I really want him to see his mom pursuing what I, what I did, you know? No. I think it's important. I think it's important for him to see that. So, to answer your question, I have been uh, just in mommy land, but I had I've just started like making a book and writing appointments again, and because I've just got like all this stuff flowing, ideas and music in my head now that I got to get out, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's like a it's, so it's a new chapter for me. I feel like I gotta I gotta like explore it, you know. If you think about it, you're sort of right, and you say chapter. You're sort of you're documenting like key times in your life and you've got to start mm-hmm. early. Like, you know, we didn't, yes. I, I didn't get yeah. to start early. I didn't get, to, uh, my documents are all memories and photos of, oh, they were playing here. They did that and all that. You know, Eddie Money was just lost and the weekend I met Gwen was the weekend I started, I played some show, a show, show or two with Eddie and, and then I ended up playing wow. the Super Bowl uh, with Eddie about five, four or five years ago um, and uh, wow. somehow he remembered me uh, because that was an eighty. Seven was the last time I played with him, and all of a sudden it was 2015. So that was a long time, you know. Wow. Uh, and we were uh, wherever, maybe it was 13. I can't remember what year it was. We were in Phoenix, but I remember just going, "Wow, this is just full circle, crazy." Uh, but yeah. So my documented times they didn't exist back then. You couldn't do it, and now yeah. you know it's going to be funny as our kids grow up. There's just so much they have that's there. You know, that that's video that's oh, yeah. that's, you know, Strack was, you know, because of Marcel in a lot of ways, you know, uh, we just saw the footage of Strack uh, on stage doing Clay Walker's. Uh, uh, it was like an EPK and Marcel yeah. had him on stage and then he had, I heard Marcel go get out there, Strack. And then and then he had Strack <laughs> hanging out the window, shooting the Bo Bice video. And and then oh, he had wow. it's crazy, you know, but but it's just that's such amazing. A, and now Strack's making a feature films it's crazy you i know? can't yeah i i can't wait for y'all i i, I told marcel I, I can't remember if i texted him or told him in person but he's going to freak out when i tell him that and i, I went can is this something i can see well yeah it won't, it won't be you know it's going to take probably six months here in post-production but they spent about That's three amazing. months here shooting and and uh he had 20 people from la in and i swear it was like uh, animal, oh my, my god it was animal house down here in the delta i'm telling you Track. That's awesome. Yeah, he's uh he's good, but he had a he had a film last year up in the Austin Film Festival, a short, and it was up against some pretty heavyweights, and it looked great. He didn't win it, but he was uh, up in the final five. So he's uh he's got a wild mind, and he's but it all started with Marcel. Love it. You know that and, makes me so proud, and yeah. I, Marcel that makes him so proud. You have no idea. Well, it's a key, and then oh David next door, you know Reverend Dave, he was a film you know he was a film student at USC. And uh, and I and so, I think Strack between the two of them that changed. You know, you talk about your son and what's he going to be. 
I mean, you mm-hmm. got to be careful who he hangs around with, you know, because that's so true. It changes, uh, or or whatever. It may have change the road they're going to take. Maybe it's inevitable, and it's it's just meant. Yeah. It's written already, you know. It's pretty. That is so true. Well, look, I'm going to let you go do your thing and go spend time with your baby Rockwell, and I want you to hug Marcel <laughs> for me and uh, Jessica. I can't thank you guys. We've been with the fabulous Jessica Andrews, and I know this conversation Aww. is a little different from most, but that's what happens when when pals get on the phone together. I love it. It's so good to talk to you. If you're out there, go get all of Jessica's music and just get ready just to be floored. I'm going to go just listen to you all day today. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. I love it. Thank you, girl. I appreciate you. We're going to your stuff. And New Year's Eve is coming. I love you. Love you too, girl. I know. I'm so excited. I'll see you soon. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. working on making my mark on the music business. We wanted to build a house. There was only one bank that helped us do that. And while we were trying to find our way around, our friends at Guarantee Bank started on the journey with us and have been there ever since. They were always my connection back home when we lived in Music City. They believed in me. So when you need a financial institution to believe in you, give my family at Guarantee Bank a chance. With humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products, only expected at much larger institutions. They are proud to be your local big-time bank. Please visit one of their 17 locations and tell them Steve Azar sent you. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. Mississippi Media Production.